Hello, I'm Travis Wayne Hurt, and you're listening to the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas Special, the podcast. On this month's episode, Aaron Gillis and I will discuss the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas in July special, Danville Drift. It's the third Christmas in July special that we made, and you can watch it on Urbana Public Television's YouTube channel if you would like. After that, I'll be joined by Dan Dutcher, the actual devil. Let's go. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Hi, Travis. It's November. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me over to your house this morning. Of course. Um, we watched the most recent episode of, or whatever it's called, of the Travis Wainhurt Christmas special. The Travis Wainhurt Christmas in July special, Danville Drift. Yeah, you were kind of surprised when we watched this just now that we had made this so recently. Yeah, I think I just wasn't thinking about that uh, it, we were done. We were done. <laughs> yeah, as of right now, we have, after this, nothing new to talk about yet. So between recording this podcast today and the next time you hear from us in podcast form, we'll have made another whole special. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You timed it perfectly. Yeah, I I have a post-it on my fridge where I mapped out the whole year that I just found cleaning out my desk at work for something, and we're almost done. I know. What are we going to do with our life after? Yeah, if anyone wants to buy this podcasting equipment, please email me. My email is doctor dot four twenty dot sixty nine dot four twenty dot sixty nine at gmail dot com. Are you sure you don't want to start another podcast? What what could it be about? Um, right? Our friends. Our friends? I think that's what this one's about <laughs> more than anything. So too. All right. If, you, if me and you are going to do another podcast, what's it going to be about? Just our friends? Yeah. Okay. Our friends. Uh, we could get our friends drunk and ask them questions. That's too much like drunk history, though. So maybe not. Hmm. Also, I feel that don't really want to get everybody drunk. I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say it 1030 in the morning. So we are talking about the special that we just watched. I've watched it twice this morning, not to brag. <laughs> um, is there any notes you have on top at the top to talk about? I've never been to Danville. Never in your life? Never have I ever been. to. I don't even know if I've driven. No, I mean, I've probably driven past Danville on the highway, but I've never driven through Danville. Wow. And for like. I'd estimate 99% of the time that you've been alive, you've been like 40 minutes away from Danville. True. I've had zero reason to ever go there. So yeah, the reason we named this one this is uh, for the summer special specifically, we've been naming, copying the naming conventions of the Fast and the Furious franchise. We did the Travis Wainhurt Christmas in July special to Travis Wainhurt to Christmas in July special. And this one, the Danville Drift, which is the third mm -hmm. Fast and Furious movie. Um, so that's why it's named that. Any other notes at the top before we get into breaking down segment by segment? No, I don't think so. I just want to say I really like this one. I think that the stuff everyone made for this is really cool. Yeah. And I think that it's like of the things you and I have made specifically, like most fun to watch. Most yeah like makes the most sense isn't some weird abstract thing yeah i yeah. think it was fun also 
30 minutes. 30 minutes. Which Love is it. Perfect. How I got to watch it twice this morning. <laughs> I'd be much less happy if I had watched two one hour long specials this morning. Yeah, I was really afraid I was going to have to wake up and watch the thing an hour long. Like, Damn it. I just woke up at 920 and it is now 1050. <laughs> So this opens, it's a cold open. You see on the screen it says Heck, which is where a lot of the storyline Tony's constructed for himself has taken place. And it's showing this creepy castle. Um, Right around the time that this Christmas special was being made, which was just a few months ago, five months ago, we were making it in June. This like internet craze of AI generated art had taken off. Yeah, that's what I thought that was. And Tony had made a lot of the backgrounds for this part and a little bit of some stuff later by typing in you know into these art generators like creepy hell castle and then getting whatever that was and altering it slightly and adding like digital fog rolling in and he has a green screen which he's used a little bit before Mm -hmm. and so he filmed me and dan dan playing the actual devil who's going to be on the podcast this month and we filmed that in tony's apartment in front of his green screen he cut us out of there put us onto the AI art. But yeah, it's a cold open taking place in the Devil's Castle. It's just kind of like further tying in the ongoing storylines that we've stumbled into kind of backwards. Yeah. I was dead. And you find out at the end of Christmas Special 9 that the actual devil killed me to take me back to hell. And now he's using me as a footstool. Yeah. Is that why he took you to hell to make you a footstool? We've kind of, Tony and I have kind of talked about this. Like, why is the devil, because through Tony's segments, he's revealed that, like, the devil set this whole plan in motion to kill Tony and get him down there. This, like, nobody internet personality to host a cooking show. And so we're like, is the devil just, like, lonely? Does he just, (laughs) does he just think we're cool? And he's like, I need friends down here. I'm going to kill these jerks. Cause who knows? Well, I, not, like, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, because at the very end of this one, that's the last thing it says to be concluded. <laughs> Although I think the devil's story is over here. Yeah. Um, maybe. This opens with the devil using me as a footstool, and the two demons that Adani and I have played in Tony's segments are coming in and talking to the devil, and the whole gist of their conversation is that. They need to find Testy, the demon, and Tony, who hosts the cooking show that they've producing, been producing in Heck. That's the gist of this cold open, right? Yeah. So it cuts from that right into the opening credits. It's the song TMF by a band Nectar. They had a new album coming out right around this time called No Shadow. Mm-hmm. And I know them from asking them to do fo- stuff in other specials. I think we've used at least some of their members' music and different stuff. And they're like, yeah, cool. Just use whatever you want. And this is the song we picked. Cool. It fits really well. Tony shot. Tony drove to Danville. Man, I I missed an opportunity to go with him. Yeah, he's just shot, I don't know, pictures of their courthouse, pictures of gross burger, other stuff around Danville. (laughs) Put it in as the credits. Nice. And then it cuts from that into the first like overall segment in this special, which was made by Chris Troutman and his kids, Enley and Leo. A plus acting from Enley and Leo again. Yeah. So just my notes on this one. It's, it's funny to me, kind of the ongoing thing with the 
stuff that Chris makes for us is that we get it super late because mm-hmm. it's always we release the Christmas special. But then his family meets up for Christmas after that. They film their new thing and we get it a year later. So that's been an ongoing thing. We get everything almost a year late. This one, they started filming it Halloween of 2020. And the gist of it is it's during the COVID pandemic, the boys can't go trick or treating. A uh, house magically appears in their living yeah. room and they trick or treat there. And when Chris actually sent me the link to use the third Babu Bear segment, that was already in there. They had already made it Mm -hmm. because it was like Christmas 2019 and Halloween 2020. And then we put Babu Bear in Babu Bear 3 in Christmas 2020. So by the time the ninth, eighth, eighth Christmas special had come out, we'd already had this filmed mostly. Okay. But then the year passed and... Colleen, who is always in these segments, she had then vis- she had visited the kids for Halloween, and then she had left cr- Christmas cookies at their house too. So then they had a little bit more footage to add for Christmassy stuff. So it went from being just a Halloween segment to a Christmas and yeah. Halloween segment, and then we used it a year and a half later. Um, we could have put this into. Um, Christmas special nine, which came out December, 2021. So it was fully done by then. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of been messaging Chris about it and saying like, Oh, I know like, cause a thing you and I have discussed and Tony and I have discussed is for these summer specials. We just try to make it very easy on ourselves and not have to do a lot here locally. And I always try to farm it out to people who live outside of town. And I had mentioned to Chris like, Hey, we could either put this in the, 2021 christmas special or we can wait and put it in july 2022 because we're doing a summer special this year and he was like yeah i think that's really funny and even more absurd to (laughs) have this halloween thing come out in july (laughs) and i was like great that'll give us more content yeah if without it it would have been real short (laughs) yeah which hey would have been fine but yeah we kind of said it's enley and leo they're saying oh, we can't go trick-or-treating, life's hell. And then a magical house appears in their living room. And what do they do? They go trick-or-treating. They put on a costume. And then they find out, oh, we can keep bilking this house out of more and more candy if we keep changing costumes. Should we talk about what costumes they had on? Yeah, did you take notes on it? No, but I'll try to remember. Okay, here we go. (laughs) The first one... Was Leo like, I mean, not Leo, Enley like a Grim Reaper type person? Yeah. And, and Leo as Goku from yeah. Dragon Ball. Okay. Wearing an incredible wig. I have a huge head, and but I wish I could find a wig that looked like that to fit me. <laughs> it looks so <laughs> tiny on you if you used that one. Let's see. And then next, they did the Mario Brothers. Yeah, Mario and Luigi. Enley being Luigi because he's taller. Yep. Great. And then um, Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. And a fox that it's Jason Bateman plays in Zootopia. a movie. Zootopia. Zootopia. Never saw that one. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a bad one. Okay. And I think that was it. And then they recycled. Yeah. And they're knocking on this the door of this cardboard house in their living room and getting candy from it. And Colleen is in there. And she's also changing costumes yes. throughout. Uh when she was on this podcast, and it might have been just because she was thinking of this segment too, 
she had told me that like her dream would be to play a cowgirl in something and she is a great cowboy in this segment well howdy little partners yes she is the best one of the best parts uh scene stealer for sure yeah i i think in this one more than ever, you'd hear Chris laughing at and reacting to things as he's filming it. And yeah. you can even hear him giving direction from time to time. Yes, but man, the boys, like Colleen, will just come out of that house and say something outrageous. And then they just don't know how to respond. Yeah. <laughs> it's so they good. just look at the camera <laughs> like, what do we do? What's grandma doing? But they eventually run out of costumes and they try to recycle costumes they already used. And then... Whatever that being in that house is, let's call it a witch. Yeah. Won't come give them any more candy. They've, yeah. The witch has disappeared. She figured it out. But right at that time, their doorbell rings and their grandma came to visit yeah. them. Are they surprised because they think that she is the witch? Well, so that's another thing. Like, we talked a little bit about how they filmed this at Halloween and yeah. then they filmed more stuff at Christmas to add in. The, the st- stuff they added in, they added a part at the beginning and then two parts at the end. Mm-hmm. So the part at the beginning is the boys on Christmas morning reminiscing, being, being like, do you think that witch that was in our house was grandma? And then it flashes back and shows that whole saga. Oh, okay. I somehow missed that first <laughs> that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the end of that. And then it breaks into... Um, we forgot to talk about the best line. Oh, what's the best line in here? Well, howdy, little little partners. partners. That's good. The boys lose it there. My favorite line in this is when uh, they first find that house in there. And Leo says, this house maybe be haunted. (laughs) Maybe be haunted. Real good. That should be merch for the Christmas specials is little Leo on a shirt saying. With like a little air bubble. This house maybe be haunted. Word bubble. Yeah. Um. So we mentioned there's a little bit more to this segment, but we broke it up here because we had tried to be, we'd been trying to get rid of having like credits and the end and whatever in these, but it was hard to do with this one because with the stuff they added in, it's kind of like epilogues and punchlines to things. So we wanted to leave that in. And then we also wanted to put something in there to break it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trevor who has made a bunch of music for these in the past with different bands. He was on this podcast and he said he hated these segments with Enley and Leo. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. And so it got to the point where he had given us the segment to use and then we knew we needed to make a natural break in there between the meat of their segment and the epilogues of their segment. And I was like, let's just put Trevor in there to be mean to Trevor. Yes. And the way Trevor got involved with making something for this one, because we really weren't even going to ask him to do anything. Like I said, we try to ask people from out of town. Tony makes a segment. You and I make a segment. I ask people who don't live here to make stuff, and we just take what we get. Um, Tony had revealed on Instagram the name of this special, Ooh. Danville Drift. Yeah. And Trevor, he's the mayor of Danville. He messaged me and he sent me a screenshot of what are they on Instagram stories? Yeah. He sent me a screenshot of Tony's Instagram story and was like, you guys are making a thing about Danville and you didn't ask me to do anything. (laughs) And I was like, so Trevor has a huge tattoo on his stomach that says Danville. Yeah. Because like I said, he's the mayor of Danville. (laughs) That's how he got elected. (laughs) 
He's really the mayor of Danville? Sure. Uh. <laughs> and I just messaged him back and I was like, just film your tattoo and we'll put it in the special somewhere. And I was planning on using footage of his stomach tattoo with the musical bumpers Larry made for us to like break up segments. I was mm-hmm. like, maybe that's what we can use. But then he just filmed a whole band practice of his band playing the song, his band, The Get Gones. And he sent us that. And Tony was like, Trevor sent us this whole thing. Should I really use it? And I was like, yeah, it's a song we can have in there. Just use the whole thing. But it's just the Get Gons minus their singer playing a song at their practice space. Trevor's shirtless, so we see the Danville tattoo. And he also has a new tattoo on there, a big chest piece that's the recently retired Japanese pro wrestler Jushin Thunder Liger. <laughs> um. They don't have their singer playing with them for this video because he's filming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, it would be harder to capture that audio just filming it with the phone. Like, right, yeah. Yeah, band practices get very noisy. The Get Guns Get Done playing. It cuts into, like, our first segment where Larry made the bumpers, mm-hmm. the musical bumpers for us. Tony used more B-roll from his Danville trip. And then it cuts back into the epilogues that Chris has made. The first one is the boys... It's still back at Halloween, realizing they don't have dessert. They go to check out their Halloween candy haul, and it's all gone. Yeah. And they're like, who took it? <laughs> it's they. The camera pans over to a closet where Thomas the Tank Engine is laughing maniacally. <laughs> so you and I have talked about this a little bit before. In Babu Bear 3... Mm-hmm. Or one of the Babu Bears. Babu Bear is running around the house. And for me, Babu Bear's motivation is that uh, the boys have these new toys and they're ignoring him. Yeah. And at one point, he knocks over a train track that's made up of little Thomas the Tank Engines. So I'm wondering if this Thomas the Tank Engine has come to life to get revenge on Babu Bear. Yeah, maybe. That's my fan theory. Why would he steal their candy? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> to lure Babu Bear out? Maybe, I don't know how that would work. Maybe he's jealous that the boys have fun with Babu Bear now. I don't know. Uh, interesting. Then another epilogue to that segment. It's just the boys Christmas morning again. They open up their Christmas cookies. Yeah. And it shows like a little Santa ornament coming to life. So I guess just like. Everything's coming to life. Yeah. Must be amazing to be a child. Then it goes into another one of the transitions with Larry's songs, more B-roll footage of Danville, and then Tony's segment starts. Yes. The segment's called Swallow This. Yeah. With two S's. Yeah. Do you have any notes about this one? Um, I, I just love those these cooking me and swallow this introductions, because then he it's just great the where he stands or where he Tony positions whatever it is to make it something funny. The gist of this one is that at the end of Tony's cooking him like mockumentary thing that he made, the cook, which is Tony, goes missing from heck. No one knows where he's at. At the beginning of this one, the devil's telling those demons to track him down. And now they've recaptured him and they're forcing him to redo the original Cooking Me segment, but with like torture added in. Mm -hmm. So he's wearing a hell prisoner outfit, which is like a brown bag. With a giant letter P on it. What did he say? He said, 
I don't know what this mean, stands for, but I think P stands for m- most perfect something. I can't remember what it was. While we were watching that, I had to scroll scroll back through my chat with Tony from this time to ask him what I thought it so I could say, hey, what was that? I was like, oh, like Scarlet Letter, A for adultery. What's the P for? And my prediction was that it was the devil saying that Tony is a pain in the ass. <laughs> I thought it was a... I mean, it ended. It did end up being it, but I was like, "P Tony likes P." Yeah, he's in prison for P. <laughs> I mean, he he ultimately told me he had no idea what it stood for. It was just to get the joke in there to change the title from um, "Swallowing This" to "I'm not gonna say it." It's dirty. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. <laughs> Swallowing piss. Yeah. On Urbana Public Television. Piss. Great job, Tony. Love it. So yeah, he's remaking his recipe from the original Cooking Me segment, which are those holiday Christmas wreaths. He's even using a lot of the same ingredients, Mm -hmm. including crushed up Mm painkillers. One of the very first things he does in this is one of his jokes he's done over and over where he says a number while holding up the wrong number of fingers. So I was very happy to see that return. That's always funny. Um, The thing that he did the... When he lubes his hands up this time, he uses thumbtacks instead of butter. Yeah, Tony had sent Adani and I rough scripts because Adani and I voiced the demons we've done before. Um, And he also said, I need another demon that will be called a lube demon. And I need a robot. And I need like a newscaster demon. And so he just had Adani and I record our audio and send it to him. Mm -hmm. And... I recorded my normal voice, which has no modification at all to be the demon. Adani did a slight character like she did. She did great. And then I also just made my voice slightly creepier and gravelier, and I was the lube demon. (laughs) And then I was like, I don't know what you're going to do for the robot, so here's a bunch of robot sounds. And I made a bunch of robot sounds. (laughs) Oh, here's some other things if you can't get voices for the other ones. Mm, Here's a bleeping and blooping robot, man. Beep 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 boop 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 beep 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 So he like combined those together and ran them through some effects because there is a robot sidekick yeah. in here that's generating his recipe for right. him. And it's also Funny. saying that it hates humans and is going to destroy humanity. Yeah. And it's all just me and Nadani going like. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the part of the original recipe was him saying you need to like butter up your hands. Mm. And he goes to do that and he doesn't have any butter. So the lube demon gives him that jar, and it's full of thumbtacks. Yeah, And he's blooding up his hands. Yeah. I mentioned this when we were watching it, but when he's putting all the ingredients in the bowl to use as 
the smallest bowl possible. <laughs> and it's just kind of sloshing around a little bit. And then later, he puts all his dry egg ingredients in a big bowl. And when he said he was going to combine them together, I really thought he was going to put the big bowl ingredients into the small bowl. <laughs> And I thought that would have been really funny, but he didn't do that. I bet he'll hear this because he is one of like mm, one of one people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> I know Julia listens to it. Too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hi, Julia. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hi, Julia. Hi, Tony. Hi, Julia. Um, Andrea. Who Hi, was, Andrea. Andrea was like, I don't think she listens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was a guest for the September episode. And she sent it to one of her friends and her friend sent her this thing. The message back was like, hey, very light, polite criticism. Uh, three hours is too long for a podcast. <laughs> it was three hours long? It was. We've done two double episodes and uh, that was one of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> three hours is too long. Yeah, which it, it's fair criticism. But, it is. Hey, get a life. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't believe someone out there doesn't need podcasts to listen to 24/7. It must be real nice to be able to sit with your own thoughts without going crazy. I mean, you don't have to listen to it all in one go. Just break it up. Yeah, That's what do, I do. Do like three car trips. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, when he's lubing up his hands with the thumbtacks instead of butter, he reuses some of the sound that we've used mm-hmm. in this podcast and in these specials over and over and over. For some reason it just when um he did it the first time with the butter, it was like so gross and made me real angry and upset. <laughs> and what? I yelled at the screen when the first time I watched it. What about with the blood? The blood, it just wasn't as offensive to me. I think it's because, I mean, I know you said that he was recycling the sound, but I think it's because like bl- blood doesn't bother me, but butter. like putting butter all over your hands it's just so gross <laughs> it's so greasy and like you just it's hard to get off Ugh. you're a nurse do you ever get blood all over your hands at work yeah sometimes i get stuff in my hair too <laughs> so is that worse than cooking with butter <laughs> or better um well i mean if you think about like bloodborne pathogens uh-huh. that's bad yeah but blood just dries and it's not greasy sure <laughs> and i don't usually get it all over my hands it's just maybe like a little bit oh there's a doorbell <laughs> maybe we have a special guest i bought um after we've been doing this, the jigsaw puzzle thing uh-huh. with our friends um now all of our friends are playing are they're like building jigsaw puzzles together online through a website yeah i um have real puzzles and i like to do real puzzles but i get very invested and i i get anxious when i can't finish them and i just think about them constantly so i like to have them laid out but there's really no good place and i have like a roll-up puzzle puzzle mat but it's really annoying to unroll it and the pieces sometimes they're supposed to stick well but they don't so i ordered a big ass board that can like go under the bed and like has something that goes over it and little drawers to put all your puzzle pieces in wow and that's what just got delivered and it is gigantic cool (laughs) got yourself a little christmas gift Mm -hmm. on christmas podcast recording day oh he breaks into a commercial here for gluz chug pizza pans this is more of the like ai generated art Mm, yeah and when he comes back it's like time to pull the christmas wreaths out of the oven Uh, i have a couple notes here about gross things that happen 
when he combines all the ingredients into a pan and then he like pats it with his hand and it leaves a big blood splotch behind that happened on accident he like (laughs) had the blood and the bandages on his hand and he didn't expect it to transfer like that but it did and it makes it really good and really gross yeah and the other thing is that when he pulls the pan out of the oven there's just a big gross glob of hair in there he was trying to make it look as gross as possible yeah and i had asked him like that looks gross did you just like pull that out of your drain like did you snake your drain and he said that it was when he was making the puppets it was leftover pieces from the puppet it was oh, great. puppet hair oh good i was like i was like did he because <laughs> he definitely touches his tongue to it uh-huh and i yelled at the screen when we were watching it before we did this <laughs> well, um i do want to say one thing about those puppets that we never got to before because they've appeared previously and uh-huh. we're talking about building them right now when Tony was building those puppets in his apartment, he was like ordering the pieces online and having them shipped and then sewing, taping, gluing them together. And he messaged Adani and I like the day he got the teeth. And he was like, I just got a box of teeth in the mail. Yes. And he was like, the weirdest, grossest thing about them is that they're just too white. Because. <laughs> <laughs> They don't look like real teeth. Oh, man. I'm going to have to show you this. I don't know if you've ever seen this puppet that I have, but um, Megan McNellis made me this puppet that's just, like made out of a black sock. And she has like she knows that I like she also loves bones and stuff like that. And she got teeth and she put teeth in it. And it's really good. I can't remember where I put it, though, but it like goes right along with Tony's puppets. Yeah. Do you ever talk to her anymore? I haven't talked to her in a long time. Now, I was going to say, she, she should make some of these I know, Christmas she should. Specials. And then, um, speaking of the McNellises, her sister Kate's going to be working in the emergency department with me in January. Hi, Kate. Hopefully you're a fan of the pod. <laughs> I doubt she listens or knows <laughs> about it. <laughs> he pulls the thing out of the oven. His dish is ready. It's time to try it. He goes to introduce the co-host of his show, The Demon Testy, but two other demons appear. And it's... My demon and Adani's the demon again. And Tony doesn't want to try his dish. And they're yelling, swallow this. Swallow this. Swallow this. And then this is so cool. Just barbed wire shoots out of their throats and wraps around Tony's throat and his arms and pulls his face down into the food. I feel like I heard about how he did this. Do you know? Or maybe you told me this already. Do you know how he did the barbed wire thing i don't i don't know how he did the parts of it shooting out of their mouths i mean it's all in front of a green screen yeah so i don't know if he like because he's like wrapping around his neck yeah well for that i can imagine what he did this is me guessing but i know he shot most of all of this by himself i would guess he's like holding his camera in one hand and pulling mm. the barbed wire with the other hand so that it's shifting around his throat and as then he's re- filming. Uh, reversed it yeah that makes sense. i don't know how he got it to come out of the puppet's mouth though it might have just been like shooting magic and that's how he really got him to do that (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah it cuts from him licking that gross hair in the pan being forced to eat so gross it's so much better now that i know he didn't just find like a glob of hair on the ground (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) puppet hair is better than real hair and blood is better than butter yeah yes great then it cuts to a news report i didn't know what this was going to be because i had seen the script and i knew he needed voices for it I kind of thought he might make another demon puppet. I don't know if he had planned to and ran out of time. Working on these summer specials, like I said, we try to get people who don't work on these to work on them. 
just so it's kind of a surprise for everyone else and I don't have to bother all the same people. There's in our Stephen King book club, our friend Ray, and she had never worked on any of these before. Mm-hmm. And I thought she had a cool speaking voice. And it's again me like filing away traits of people as tools instead yeah. of being real people. I was like, hmm, Ray's voice. This would be great for newscaster. Toolbox. Brain box. So thanks, Ray. You did a great job. She really nailed this part. Yeah. What, what, what did she do? She's the news reporter. Oh, okay. That's what you said. Talking over the epilogue of yeah. this, talking about how after Tony had to try these treats, he escaped again. Mm-hmm. So this this segment of Tony's ends with the cook disappearing again and Testy, his co-host, also being missing. Where's he? Maybe we'll find out. It goes from this into a short animated thing that Laurel made. She's worked on a bunch of these segments before. This one's really funny to me. Yeah. She's a, It's just a short animated sequence with music over it. It's like a lady in a cowboy hat. I love it. Munching up burgers. Burgers are stacking up. Laurel had decided she wanted to try to do an animated thing, and she had been sending us progress of it. And then right around the time we were finishing out this up, Laurel got COVID. Oh. And she was like, oh, I'm going to try to finish. I'm trying to finish. And then finally one day she just emailed me, and she was like, this is what I have. And she sent me a video file which started with like a Google search on her desktop that was like how to capture video from your computer. And then that minimizes. And then she hits play on the animation she's made. And then it it plays this video and there's no sound. And so I like edited those parts of it out. So it's just the animated part. And one night I was about to go watch a movie at the drive-in like right when I got this and I just fired off messages to any musicians I knew who have made music for these in the past or who would be game. I sent out, I think four messages to people. I got four songs back. Oh, I sent them all to Laurel and I was like, pick the one you want. And she did. She picked the one that Luke made for us. Nice. He Luke's always on board. Yeah. You know, he was really excited to do this. Um, we saved the rest of the songs and we're going to try to use them in this Christmas special that we're about to start on, but I think we may have lost one. Oh, so. boo. But that's Laurel's segment. She called it Hungry. It's that cowboy lady eating the burgers. I love it. I love the cowboy lady and the burger together. Yeah. It's just good. <laughs> and then it goes from that into another short Larry music bumper transition and then into the segment that you and I made, which is you and I ending the continuity of the things that we decided to make continuity for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is ending the saga of me dying and coming back for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Do you have any notes starting off on this one? Um, It was just really fun to film. Like, I I don't know. I feel like I had more input on this one than I did on other ones. Normally I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'll do whatever you say. (laughs) Yeah. I was glad it's like, it's more fun for me to, yeah, work with other people on these yeah. than show up at your house and go do this, do this, yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts out with the sitcom opening. We have started to do for a few of these, but you look super bummed. I know. Cooking. I was really excited about doing that. I was like, I really think we should do one where I was like sad. <laughs> so you're cooking and looking sad. And then it goes to the credits where I would be, but I'm not there because I'm still dead. I was killed mysteriously mm. back in December of 2020. Yeah. So yeah, it goes from that sitcom opening directly into a shot of a hand ringing a doorbell 
which we had done before in one of our other segments. It's just us referencing yeah. all of our other segments. When I murdered Joanna over yeah. and over again. Joanna's here ringing the doorbell. Yep. She's bringing you over a snack because you're so sad. I know. It's spaghetti. I love spaghetti. A big bowl of pasta, which Luke, again, he told he, he was here that day. He had brought that over with Joanna, and he was like, I made that pasta. Would you do the credits? I want to be the prop <laughs> master. It's <laughs> like, okay, dude. In the summer segments you and I have done, it's always us filming something and then running it backwards. Right. And we wanted to incorporate that as a way to wrap up the storyline of the things we've done. So the way I was imagining this, and I can't remember if I talked with you about it a lot or Tony or if I just kind of went out and did it on my own. I had said like, well, every summer we do a backwards thing. Yeah. Um, the first time I died, Aaron summoned me back from the dead. So that's like occult stuff. And then she tried to bring me back through science, mm-hmm. cloning stuff. The only thing we have left to do is a sci-fi thing. So we'll do time travel. Since all of our summer segments are things running backwards, I guess that's time travel. <laughs> yeah, I remember you talking about that. So when Joanna comes over, she's like, you know, like every th- three years when you do these summer specials, you basically time travel. Why yeah. not just time travel? A little further. Yeah. Um, and she brings up running like the flash. So we just, we had talked about like, how are we going to time travel? Do we need a time machine? Yeah. Whatever. And I thought of that flash thing. Cause like that happens in Superman movies and flash comic books. You just yeah. run the other way around the earth until the earth reverses its spin. And that causes time travel. Yeah. I guess. Um, one interesting thing about this for me and the way we named this one is we had decided she'd say that line time travel by running fast like the flash and then we'd have you reading a flash comic book to like learn how to do that i guess mm-hmm. even though i guess you already knew how to time travel since we'd done it before i don't know um i went i went to the library and was just browsing flash trade paperbacks to check out and not pay for and the one i found said death and the speed force and i was like oh perfect this is what we need yeah and then I was like opening it up and looking at it, and it was called Volume Twelve: Death and the Speed Force. And this ended up being our twelfth segment. Oh we made. wow! So it's like DC Comics knew they must be yeah. huge fans. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah, Joanna tells you to time travel, and then she has to leave. <laughs> Her toilet disappeared. Her toilet disappeared. Has to get out of here. So it cuts to you reading the Flash comic book, and you're suiting up to run. Yeah, I was. Uh... One of the things when we talked about doing this one was that I really wanted to have like a costume change because <laughs> it's summer and in the winter specials, I always have on long, long, long pant. Long pant. <laughs> sure. Long pant overalls. Uh-huh. I don't know. Just overalls, I guess. Whatever. No long pants. <laughs> um, and so I was like, I also have shorts overalls, so I should change into my shorts overalls for this sequence and so we did a a, a close changing sequence which i thought was fun yeah we were kind of talking about how in like the all those edgar wright movies there's a montage of people getting ready and it's like close-ups of packing a bag or yeah yeah, pulling your overall straps on Mm -hmm. and hooking them we needed like we needed it to be exciting so we got like upbeat music from people we knew there's a dino bravo song called 
Kevin Nash versus the definition of adjective, mm. which is a reference to an old time in WCW where Kevin Nash came down and said the wrong thing in a promo. He was like, check the adjective when he was talking about a noun. <laughs> and then people were like, this wrestler's dumb. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now he's like a 65 year old man and people still bring it up. And then there's a bookmobile song. It's the only time ever where bookmobile let us use a song that they didn't record just for the oh, Christmas yeah. special. I knew we needed more upbeat music to go here. And I had basically, Luke has just said we can use whatever, anything he's ever recorded. But I wanted to double check with Trevor. And I think he was basically like, Bookmobile is such a dead and done concept that I don't care. Oh. Sure. <laughs> That's sad. I love Bookmobile. Yeah, it's you running. Yep. I run. I run and I run and I run. Yeah, you run and in the street in front of your house. Yeah, we did lots of I was think I, I was pretty tired, but we just did lots of shots of me running back and forth. Yeah, you run around in your backyard running laps around Thomas. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you I run vomit. you run so much that you puke. <laughs> I really feel like um I could have done a better job puking, but I I didn't know I've never fake puked before. So, yeah. Next time Next time, so we got to figure out how to do this for the thing we're going to start working on today. Yeah. Get some puke in there. Yeah. Uh, We made puke just out of oatmeal and food coloring. And and yeah, oatmeal, oat milk or or something and food coloring. And we had decided like to show that time travel is happening, Aaron, who I'm talking to, (laughs) would vomit and then the vomit would go backwards back into your body and then you'd be running backwards in time. Yeah. We set up a green screen in your backyard and just had you running there in place. And then Tony put in on the green screen, however you do that. What do you superimpose things? I don't know how that works. But just old footage of the things that had happened between you vomiting and 2020 when my head got ripped off by the actual devil. And so you time travel back to right before my head was ripped off Mm -hmm. in December of 2020. And it's the end of that Christmas special where I'm thanking everyone and there's a knock at my door. And what happened in December of 2020 is the actual devil came in and beat me to death and decapitated me off camera. But instead of the devil being there, it's Aaron. It's me. You came to save me. I did. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. And I answer the door. Somehow I magically got a haircut in that one second. (laughs) (laughs) I am wearing... The exact same outfit. Yeah. yeah. Same shirt, same pants. I traveled a little further back and told you to get a haircut before you opened the door. And then I came back again. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's all explained. (laughs) So you can do anything with time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're there to warn me like, hey, the devil's coming. And then the devil comes. Like immediately after I say it. (laughs) Yeah, you got there like one second before. Yeah. This is me and... Dan, the actual devil, both saying our what be, has become our catchphrases for these Christmas specials yeah. because I answer the door like a normal person saying, hello, I'm Travis Wayne Hurt. <laughs> yeah. And then Dan's trying to say his I'm the actual devil catchphrase and you cut both of us off. Yeah. <laughs> hello, I'm Travis. I don't have time to explain. I'm the actual devil. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> and then we needed you to, our goal here was to bring me back again Mm -hmm. and also kill the devil off. And so we were like, we need Aaron to fight the devil somehow. And Tony and I had kind of talked about Tony filmed all this, edited all this together 
we had talked about finding somewhere where we could f- have a, b- a balcony to throw the devil off of. And the first thing we thought of was like using the parking garage in downtown Champaign where we've mm-hmm. shot a bunch of stuff before. And I was like, well, our friend Brian has an apartment on a third floor with a balcony. I bet he would let us shoot there. And I asked him and he was like, I don't know. I was like, do you care? Do you think you're the people who live in your building are going to care that we're like throwing a dead body off of your balcony? And Brian was like, a bunch of old people live here. Uh, I guess you can do it. <laughs> so we went over there and filmed on his balcony. And you punched the devil a bunch. Yeah, it was fun. And grabbed him and threw him off. Yeah, we um, when we were doing the part where it's the wide shot of me punching Dan... I was really, I was really, I was like, okay, I'm not going to punch him hard because I don't want to hurt him. But then I'd get so into it that I would, would forget. <laughs> I kept being really, not really, not hard. I wasn't like putting everything into it, but harder than I meant to. I remember the very first, very first time I did it, I whispered, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I remember being up there and just kind of like walking you guys through what to do and basically like using my high school football training of how you lift people without hurting yourself and how to come in really violently. And Dan had his back to the balcony, like where he could fall three stories. And I kept doing like a really fast lunge step at him to show like, really get into it. Like you're going to nail him and we just cut it before you actually hit him. But you need to look like you're really going to hit him. And I was like lunging at Dan and lunging at Dan. And he looked so scared that I might like (laughs) throw him off the balcony. Poor Dan, sweetest man alive. Yes, poor Dan, and now we killed his character. We off. did, because that's what happens. He falls, he's dead. Yeah. Um. We had him lay there in blood. We put blood on his head. <laughs> we left that blood in that parking lot. Yeah, so I wonder if it's still there. Probably, <laughs> I would think not, but who knows? So the old people in Brian's building could look at it. Thanks, one of the other old people died. <laughs> <laughs> They got gunned down out there. Oh, no. Gun violence is bad. We had kind of talked about, like, do we want to shoot this? We could shoot the end of this two ways. And I don't know if we did or not. Like, we had said we want to kill the devil off because we want to be done with continuity. And we also said, do we want to film it so that maybe he can come back? So I think we even shot, like, you and I walking away because we're talking, like, you're, like, saying, like, I'm, like, why are you here? Who was that guy? Because I don't know who he is. Yeah. And you're like, don't worry about it. It doesn't even really make sense, which is fair. If yeah. you've watched these, it doesn't make sense. And then you're, and then we like just get back to like, oh, let's go get some dinner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I like, and I, I say it's a date. Yeah, bringing dinner. it all back to dinner date. Dinner date, and bringing it. I'm wearing that. We talked about this last month. I'm wearing that shirt that says "I'm in" on the back. Oh yeah, which is the catchphrase of the Pot Pot Corporation. Um, but then it pans down, and the devil's lying there dead in yeah. his own blood. We, I think we shot a version where he's lying there dead, and then we shot a version where like you can see his hand and his fingers right. start to move yeah. in, in case we wanted to bring him back, but we decided, nah, dead. No more devil. I mean, you can, always can. It could always be there and then be like, dun, 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 the next <laughs> episode. Special. Fingers move. Yeah. Previously on. <laughs> yeah. Um, what they didn't see. Uh, as we're walking off having our conversation... Um, a song's playing. It's by the band Motes called Choir. Just a local band from town. I think that that song's a few years old. I just uh, contacted one of the members, Liz, and asked her if we could use it, and she was all for it. 
And then it shows the credits, and then there's a post-credit scene with more puppets. It's showing where Testy's at because he wasn't in Tony's segment. He's in Heck Prison. Ooh. And it's a new Testy. Yeah. Looks uh, different. Tony had finally retired the gross model of Thanks. Testy. Thanks. Because that was so gross. <laughs> it had gotten moldy. And then also, like, this is something that we had to change technically. The original Testy puppet has blue feathers and green feathers. And so if you shoot it on a green screen, part of it will disappear. Mm -hmm. If you shoot it on a blue screen, part of it will disappear. And so we had to pick one or the other. So Tony made a new puppet and there's no more green feathers. Mm, Just blue. Yeah, just blue. It's also face has changed shape a little. Yeah, a lot rounder. He's had a rough time in prison. (laughs) Put on some weight. Yeah. Another puppet comes to visit him and it's a puppet representing death or the Grim Reaper. Yeah. It's voiced by Hilla who's helped a lot with these in the past. Hilla's got a great voice. Hilla just moved back to town. Hilla was gone? Hilla was gone. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah, all this happened during the pandemic. I don't it's easy really to... hang out with Hilla ever. Um, this puppet's made out of um, an aquarium decoration, like you put in your uh, aquarium for fish to swim through. That makes sense now you say that, yeah. So that's where the little skull for the I really liked the from. puppet because it's like empty kind of you know like the other puppets are more solid yeah and the death puppet is pretty much just like the skull and like a cloak yeah which i love like a wraith yeah it's great the death puppet just kind of breaks down in cement what's happening in tony's segments and our segments tying in um the devil's dead they're having a funeral between the devil killing tony and i and taking us to hell for selfish reasons and then me coming back to life multiple times because of the devil being so inept, it's causing the breakdown of the fabric of reality, mm-hmm. all this death and resurrection. And now the death has charged Testy with finding Tony and getting him out of heck to reestablish the world as being like a safe and secure place. So maybe that's what Tony's working on right now for his segment. We'll find out. Because it says to be concluded. Yeah. Because I think Tony's planning on wrapping up his version of continuity as well. Mm. So that does it for the Travis Wainhart Christmas in July special, Danville Drift. Yeah. And join us next month for the 10th anniversary <laughs> of the Travis Wainhart Christmas special yeah. on the TV. Yeah. See you in a month. Bye. I am here today with the nicest, sweetest man in the world, Dan oh, Dutcher. Geez. We're going to talk about the segment that we made for the Travis Wainhart Christmas in July special, Danville Drift, where he played his role of the actual devil for the final time. (laughs) Dan, thanks for coming over to my apartment today. No problem. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I guess just very briefly, we'll talk how you got involved in the Christmas, making the Christmas specials with us, and then discuss this segment, okay? That sounds great, yeah. So... Your role in these has been the actual devil, and that started in Tony's segments that he makes where he died and has been trapped in heck, (laughs) keeping it clean for Urbana Public Television, I guess, where you're the devil. You're in charge. I am in charge. That is correct. Do you have any memories of Tony first contacting you about that? Because it was a thing I wasn't involved with. Yeah, I do. Uh he contacted me and he was just like, hey, I got this idea going and stuff. And uh, 
I really think you'd be great to play the part of Satan because you're such a nice guy and everything. I was like, oh, shucks, thank you very much. And he's like, and I would just be such like a, an opposite of who you actually are if you get into character and play like this evil Satan character. And I was just like, for a lot of my life, I actually wanted to work in the movie scene and stuff. And my big fantasy was to be a director of a major mo motion picture and everything. So when I was asked to take part in anything that had anything to do with being on TV or whatever, I was like, I got to take this chance. I got to go out of my comfort zone a little bit and uh, work with these wonderful people and try to do something special. So uh, I uh, took up the role and uh, I'm really glad I did. I've met some really nice people and had a really great time putting everything together. Yeah, that first time that you were on there was... Tony's character realizing that he's trapped in hell making this TV show and mm -hmm. he, he goes into a room that he's not supposed to go into and you're drilling our friend Chelsea, torturing right. her with right. a power drill. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I really tried to take some ideas from past horror movies I've watched and I was able, he gave me pretty good leeway for creative liberties and stuff and so like i really wanted to focus on like like the eyes and the facial features because i really feel like you know the eyes are the window to the soul and everything so like when he opened up the uh door it was i thought it would be a good idea to like be testing the drill for that anticipation of what's about to come and then my head slowly looking up into the camera and then just like putting on like this just creepy creepy satan-like character um, so that was my thought behind that. Uh, just like the little things that go. That's what kind of, you know, excites me or whatever. Is just those little details you can put into something and uh, really try to make the whole character explode or whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, you said it, the whole thing of you playing the devil is a joke for people who right, know you. Because right. you are the nicest guy. <laughs> I try to be. I try. And, and like... The second you showed up on the camera playing this menacing thing, like, <laughs> I got it. I knew that this Dan's playing the devil because he's the nicest man. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, it's it's good that, like, you're talking about the things you're putting into the character mm -hmm. to try to add menace to it. But also, you're such a likable, friendly guy that as your character has developed more and more in these other segments, there's, like, a softness to the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's always going to be that like cuddly bear feature of me. It's just the way my face and body is made. <laughs> I, I think of you like as the actual devil, just playing that like ladder ball game. <laughs> yeah, by, just, by yourself. Yeah, he's not that not that good at sports, <laughs> but yeah, like I mean, this the saying. What there's like a saying where the bet the biggest thing the devil could ever do was make you believe he's not real. Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking about that, but I was like, more so than that would be to try to be personable and funny. If you can make somebody laugh, I feel like that's an easier way to get into somebody's soul. If you can make them laugh, than like to make them believe you don't exist. So that's the biggest the, trick you I'm ever. I'm trying played. to be silly. Yeah, I also yeah. wanted to bring a silliness to him. Yeah. So. Mentioning you being a very sweet man yeah. and a very nice man. I'm going to cry talking about this, I'm sure. Aww. We talked about it a little bit before. It is okay. Good cries are good. We've talked on this podcast before about the year that I wasn't in the Christmas specials. Mm -hmm. And it was a year that my house caught on fire and I had to live at my dad's house. Yeah, it was a pretty tough time. So a lot of the people who work on these Christmas specials, we're friends. We do things together. We all live in this town that's kind of like a town that's constantly in transition. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our friends aren't from here. We have family all over. And so hol holidays get tricky. 
You're right. And so during the holidays, people are here. They're not here. And our group of friends, we've decided, hey, whoever's around, here's the date. We're going to do our secret Satan gift exchange. Right. In the year of the fire, you were my Satan. <laughs> I'm already crying thinking oh, about this. Oh, man, that, that means a lot to me, man. I'm so... I'm, I'm, it's good tears. I know it's good tears for the most part, kind of. I hope. Uh, oh yeah. But it also can bring up uh, hard memories as well. But uh, yeah, I'm here for you. Oh, don't worry. The August episode of this podcast, I have an eight minute long file on my computer of me crying, talking <laughs> about my cat. I think crying is a great thing. So yeah, let it go. Anyway, I'm gonna read this to you now, and I'll probably put in a cleaner version later where I'm not crying. Okay. But. Uh, part of my gift, you are my Satan. You got me a very sweet gift, um, gift card to a movie theater because I love going to of see course. movies before the pandemic. Um, it's a Mountain Dew. Love Mountain Dew. Mad Dog, back when I was drinking a ton, <laughs> drinking a ton of Mad Dog, drinking the worst mm. things in the world. Um, so that's what you got me. And then you also gave me a very sweet letter. Yeah, I, I love the community that the Christmas special brought together, too. I just, it's just this town has some special people in it and I just I'm I'm always really enjoyed meeting more and more people. They're just so friendly, so nice. Yeah. So here's the part of it I want to read. You mentioned some things I like, some things you knew I like. Movies, Mad Dog, mm-hmm. Mountain Dew. Yeah, because we never really like hung out one on one, played video games together or anything. So yeah. I didn't quite like have that friendship of like being besties with you. But I've hung out with you so much at parties and around people that I really felt like I knew you too. And I feel like that's just the type of person you are. Kind of, you're very just like this is who I am. Like like this is who I am. And you, there's nothing kind of hidden for the most part that I know of. <laughs> but. Just you wait. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. Well, not but anyway. That's very sweet. Thank you. No problem. So you mentioned those are the things you know about me. You don't, but you don't know that much about me. And then you say, here's what I do know. You're loved by many, many people. You're one red dude. You're a great theater buddy. You'll travel in the rain or snow to go to a friend's party. For the most part, when we've been friends, I didn't have a car. Yeah. (laughs) And the theater buddy thing, I remember going to see a movie with you. It was a bunch of us or whatever, but you actually showed me my favorite movie theater and seat. And it was like, it was a movie theater where you could put your feet up on the fence. It was like the first, there's like a first row. And we sat in that first row and I saw you put your feet up on that fence. I was like, oh, that looks comfortable. And I put mine up there. I'm like, oh, this is where it's at. And so yeah, you I get, like go into that. You get that, that place, divider yeah. between like the stadium yeah. seating and the yeah, seats you got in front. And you're a tall person, so you get a lot of a foot, yeah. foot room. And then you wrote, and every year you also make a TV Christmas special that makes people laugh and also makes other people question your sanity. <laughs> you and people like you are so important to have in this world. And then you detail the stuff about the fire and go on to talk about how hard that was and how I was trying to be positive throughout all of it. Even though in the Christmas special that year, I wasn't in it, mm-hmm. partially because I was having a hard time mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said, it's easier to be positive and happy when good things are happening. It's easier to spread joy and happiness when good things are happening to you. It's a lot harder to, in the face of shittiness, put a smile on your face in the face of others. And you do that. Yeah. It's so important to have people like you in this world. 
thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. That, that is, yeah. And I'm sure everyone that's listening to this is like 100%. Well, I think all of that stuff about you. Oh. You're such a nice, kind man. Yeah. And I'm glad you let me be your friend. And I'm glad you let me bring you over to my house today and cry in front of you. I love it. I hope I hope that we, I hope that we do more. I hope that yeah. I think I can relate to you. I see like some of you and me, some of me and you maybe and I think yeah. I think uh our future can be bright together. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, but now we have to talk about the segment you made, helped yes. us make yes. for the most recent Christmas special we put out. Very briefly at some point it was actually the year of the COVID pandemic. The first year of the COVID pandemic, yeah. because we're still in it. Um, none of us could get together to work on the segments we were making for the Christmas special, for the most part. And a lot of that year became someone's missing, someone else is looking for them. Mm -hmm. um, Luke and Joanna that year, that's the segment they made together. Mm -hmm. They lived together. It was about them being stuck in a building together, going insane while missing me. Mm -hmm. Where's Travis Wayne hurt? Mm -hmm. Joanna would ask Luke over and over before killing him. <laughs> um, Tony's segment was about how his character of the cook down in Heck had gone missing mm -hmm. and this documentary film crew was looking for him and his best friend Testy the Demon was looking for him. Tony's missing. The segment Aaron and I made that year was I was missing and Aaron was looking around town for me, specifically at a dog park where she thought I may have turned into a dog. <laughs> And a thing we've done over and over in the Christmas specials is kill me, mm -hmm. kind of specifically through decapitation. Right. So the way we ended that segment that Aaron and I made with me missing was that uh, at the end of the Chris at the end of most of the Christmas specials, I'm directly thanking the audience for watching and wishing everyone a happy holidays and thanking all of my good sweet friends that were so talented and so funny for, for sure. helping me make this and as i'm doing that there's a knock on my door and i go answer the door and then the murder santa who's appeared in these christmas specials before kills me now up to that point i had played the murder santa and i the first time i actually died was character of the actor travis wayne hurt dressed as murder santa dying so now it's like oh no who how can the murder santa kill travis if right. travis is the murder santa and we left it at that and i had no plans for it going forward and we went to work on kind of the next round of these when the next year came around and tony was like who's going to be that murder santa and i was like i don't care and he was yeah. like <laughs> he was like well, what if it's Dan, the actual devil? And you were like, come? absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, terrible idea. <laughs> terrible. Idea. You think I'd open my door and let Dan uh, into my smells. apartment? No, I'm just kidding. No, but I was like, he he was like, yeah, what if it's the actual devil and he's come to kill you? And so that brings like the ongoing narratives that Tony has done with his character mm -hmm. and the ongoing narratives that Aaron and I forced onto our segments mm -hmm. brings them together into the same world. And it's created this like overly complicated mythology where I don't know exactly. Right. right? No, but yeah. Is it fate or destiny? Who knows? But anyway, it finally confirmed that Tony's segments and 
the dinner date segments that Aaron and I make mm-hmm. are kind of taking place in the same timeline and the yeah. same world. And your character, the actual devil, is part of all of that. Okay, well, that's good to learn. <laughs> and then we had to kill you. Yes. <laughs> to get yes. rid of you. Because... We're tired of doing continuity. Right. We wanted to get back to just doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. So with the segment we're going to talk about today, that was Aaron and I closing the loop on our characters having to have continuity. And you you guys did just a great job at it, too. Aaron and you, I really, you have charisma together, work on the screen well. And that's another thing that I learned um, I thought that acting could be quite easy uh, if you're around the right people and the script and everything. I learned it is very hard. When you get the script, you read it, you love it. You're like, oh, I can do this. You say it to yourself. You got it down. But then when you're put in the spot and they say action, your brain, at least mine, just goes blank. And it's just like, oh, what are all these little things I'm supposed to be doing at the same time while saying this? And it really came across your charisma with one another. And uh, I really enjoyed watching you and Aaron both play on the screen together. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I think it's nice that you say you read the scripts ahead of time because it's yeah. my experience. I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. This is the same with like music. I used to play drums in a band and I was always like, I want to practice uh, like over and over. I want to have these songs nailed down. So when I'm on the stage, I don't really have to think about it as much. And so that's kind of what I went for with learning the script and everything. I just wanted to make sure I had it all nailed down so that when it came to the time, I could be relaxed and do it great. But that actually wasn't quite what happened. I was actually, it was actually quite difficult for me. We had to do many takes and I felt very frustrated with myself because like one or two liners I thought would be totally easy to spit out. We had to do five times over just because of my like monkey brain, I guess you could call it. (laughs) Well, we talk about that pretty often on here. Like, it's part of the charm of these Christmas specials is that none of us do this professionally oh, right, or, right. or even like amateur, for, very for amateur. fun. I think you did great. Well, thank and you. thank you for helping out. Yeah, no problem. So we will now talk about this segment. We'll kind of break down what happens and then your role in it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to briefly say what this segment is. We talked about how the 2020 Christmas special ended with what we find out is you decapitating and killed oh we didn't even reveal how that happened tony <laughs> said hey what if it was the actual devil who killed you i said great let's go for it um in the next christmas special that we made we put a little teaser at the end of it mm-hmm. um and it shows the actual devil watching the christmas special and he's saying that the christmas special sucks without him in it mm-hmm and he goes to eat a bite of his favorite food, an Arby's roast beef and cheddar. Which I wasn't allowed to say it's from Arby's just because of <laughs> legal reasons. We can say beef and cheddar. You're not so. allowed. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're not a sponsor. He, Tony told me to say, yeah, definitely don't say Arby's. Just say beef and cheddar. So I was like, that sounds perfectly fine. <laughs> this podcast, we've, and I forget every time, we've said certain brand names are sponsors of it like mm-hmm. diet coke is the only <laughs> one i remember arby's though not a sponsor yeah no um he goes to take a bite of his favorite food that arby's beef and cheddar i'll say it yeah and he gets jostled and you're like what and then he gets really mad and it zooms out and the devil had he took the murder santa mask off to reveal that he was under it and then he also is revealing that the reason he came and killed me and took me back down to heck for a second time 
was to use my naked body as a footstool. <laughs> yep. Can you cuss in this? Like, say, damn. Oh, yeah. Say whatever right. you want. Damn straight. I've labeled this podcast as explicit. Okay. Through anchor.fm, All the right. service okay, that hosts good, it. Good. <laughs> um, so we get to the segment that we had to make for the third summer Christmas special. When Aaron and I have been making the third, we make a summer special every three years. It's just how Tony and I have decided to do it. Three Christmas specials, one summer special, three Christmas specials, one summer special. It happened to work out that this being the 10th year of the Christmas specials, it was coming after the ninth year, which means it's time for a summer special. Yep. In all of the segments Aaron and I, Aaron and I have done for the summer specials, all two of them before this one, the idea was to film us eating some sort of food like happens in our now called dinner date segments and then run it in reverse. And so we needed to s- solve my death and get me back onto this Christmas special. Yes. And we needed to end our continuity. So my brief character continuity that Aaron and I have established is I was the star of these murder Santa movies. I made a huge mess. A janitor killed me for making a mess. <laughs> I was dead. Aaron made a deal with the devil to bring me back to life. The devil got lonely or needed a footstool or something and, <laughs> and killed me again. Yeah, it gets lonely down there in heck. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Everybody hates me. And then Aaron tried to clone me. None of the clones worked out. She's tried making a deal with the devil. You can't make two deals with the devil. No, nope, I good, won't. Yeah. He's a good businessman, as she yeah. says in this segment. She tried science. Science didn't work. <laughs> yeah, science. Don't believe right. in that. Mm. And the, so this time it left us with the only logical thing left, which is time travel, which falls in line perfectly with running these segments backwards like I, we do yeah, every and I love, yeah, time tra- yeah, time travel. I love it. Go ahead. So this segment starts with Aaron and Joanna basically having the conversation I just detailed. Mm-hmm. Joanna saying, you know, it's a summer Christmas special. You do things backwards. Why not just travel back in time to... Yeah. Stop the devil from killing him. Bringing over a big pot or a big bowl of spaghetti too. I that that I thought that was really funny. Really, this this out of left field. I'll, that's well, something I like about all of uh, these. Dan, that's not out of left field. Oh, sorry. Yes, please inform me. Aaron and I have been eating pasta with our hands in these Christmas specials <laughs> since the second Christmas special. See, you got to link these things. That's the, the rewatchability. You'll find something new every time. Um, Luke and Joanna came over to help us with that. And Luke made the big bowl of pasta. Mm-hmm. Like I just dropped all the ingredients off at their house on my way to actually film with you that morning. Okay. Because they were meeting us over at Tom and, an Air- Tom and Aaron's house after we filmed the stuff here in. And Luke brought the big bowl of spaghetti in and he was like, I made this. <laughs> he was like, you have to credit me as the prop master. In the he, he, well, he's also a really good chef. He can really make some good seitan and barbecue and stuff. Well, that one was just pasta and pasta sauce from right. Aldi. Hard from Aldi. <laughs> now I get credit. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Uh, Aaron and Joanna have that conversation, and then it's a Joanna saying, travel back in time, stop him from being decapitated. Um, it hits some nice rock music from bands in town. Oh, man. That's another thing. The soundtrack to all of these have just been amazing. 
Yeah, we're trying more and more now that we're 10 years in mm-hmm. to like get back to using more stuff in the community. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's making more of a concerted effort each year to contact bands. And now we're getting older, so I don't know as many people. Yeah. But uh, we got Bookmobile to give us a song. We got Dino Bravo to give us a song. That's the soundtrack of Aaron running so fast that she reverses the spin of the earth and travels right. backwards in time. She is the fastest man alive. Right. Um. So she runs and runs. We get our reverse of food going in or out of someone by Aaron barfing up green. Yeah. And that's another oatmeal. thing, too, I find as a common theme in these things is uh, the horror aspect of it isn't so much uh, extreme gore or jump scares. It's the the it gets into your brain and body and it may, it's just like visceral stuff. If we look back to when Tony would just wash his hands with butter for like 15 <laughs> minutes straight or uh, he had another one where it was just tax uh-huh. or whatever. Um, it's not jump scares. It's not really super gory, but it just gets into your soul and just makes you feel like ucky or whatever. And with that vomit scene, you know, there's many ways you can do a vomit scene. We've seen tons of vomit scenes, but I think the uh, slow release of it was uh, a good choice. Uh, just again, because it just gives you that long like, oh, this is disgusting and makes you feel just something and i think that's what art really is uh all about is to make you feel something and i think it portrays really good in a lot of different aspects of the travis wayne christmas specials that's erin she's a vomit artist yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was disgusting she did a great job so once she gets done vomiting the vomit reverses mm-hmm. goes back into her mouth she's now traveled back in time right um we cut back to i think there's another montage or some mon- montage yeah, you uh we did that with a green screen in Thomas and Aaron's backyard. Very well done. Yeah. We just had Aaron stand there running for a while and then we played some of the Christmas special footage over it in reverse so that it goes back to December mm-hmm. of 2020 where I'm thanking people for watching the Christmas special until the actual devil comes in to decapitate me. So that footage is playing. There's a knock at the door. But instead of the murder Santa, it's Aaron. She gets there about five seconds before the yep, actual devil in the murder Santa outfit. And this is where you come into play. Right. Yep. Um, we filmed. Well, we'll just briefly say what happens and then we'll talk about the making of it. Okay. okay. All right. Sounds good. The devil shows up. He's going to kill me all the way back in December 2020. Aaron got there in time. Knocks on the door. I try to say my catchphrase. She cuts me off. We don't have time. The devil appears. He tries to say his catchphrase. She cuts him off and punches him in the stomach a bunch. Ever loving crap out of me. Punches him in the dick. Throws him off a balcony. And Aaron and I walk off into the sunset. Yes. Uh, The devil's dead. All right. And there ends the continuity. It is over. Maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) I've talked about this on the podcast already a couple times. Tony and I have said like. We don't want to do continuity anymore. We mm-hmm. need to finish up our things. And hey, for this December special, Tony's working on finishing up his continuity. Yeah. I mean, one thing we notice in film and common film is there's some things that just take things way too far. And they just they have a cash cow in the beginning. And then they're like, we just got to keep pushing it out. And then it <laughs> just turns into just ultimate suck. So I understand where you guys are coming from. But I'm sure there's people out there that are going to be kind of sad. But I, I I agree with the decision myself. You gotta you know, end it on a strong note. I think it just 
Aaron and I fell into our continuity stuff through necessity, mm-hmm. like the year of the COVID pandemic. Right. Having to do things apart from each other. How are they apart? Well, Travis is dead. That's how. And then we like took all the segments we made before and built a narrative out of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's done now. Thank you for helping us finish it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pleasure to be a part of it. So we'll talk about that scene that you helped us with there. We filmed that at our friend Brian's apartment. Mm-hmm. We knew Aaron needed to face off with the actual devil and kill him mm-hmm. somehow. Right. We've... Well, there was already some movie magic happening. Uh, Brian uh, had COVID during that time. Oh, yeah. And so we were going to film you in his apartment sitting down and do stuff. But uh, we didn't think it was quite smart and he wasn't comfortable with it, which I understand. So that shot of you sitting in his apartment is actually not his apartment. And then through the magic of filmmaking, we made it look like you were exiting the apartment. That's right. A little tidbit. Yeah, we've never seen the outer door of where I live in the Christmas specials. So now it's canonically Brian's third floor apartment (laughs) that's about three blocks from here. Yes. Tony and I had briefly talked about ways to kill off the devil, and we knew it had to be in a fight with Aaron. We've used this parking garage in downtown Champaign a bunch of times, and we talked about subbing that for the apartment because we we settled on we'll just throw him off a balcony Mm -hmm. end it quick right and then i was like well brian actually has a balcony i bet we could use it i asked him if we could and he was like well there are a lot of old people in my building (laughs) and then he was like you know what go ahead you can throw a body off the balcony and then use a bunch of fake blood which probably didn't wash away the first day was there yeah we just left it there in his driveway but yeah, you came over. Oh, one other thing about that balcony. The city of Champagne has said those stairs we were walking up and down all day are not safe to use. Yeah. They're actually, we're not supposed to use them. But Yeah, and I, I thought that I thought that I'm just standing <laughs> up there looking out down to what seems to be 150 feet down, which it isn't. But yeah, hearing that, I'm just like, oh, cool. All right. This, uh, you being kind of scared of being up there is like one of my bigger stronger memories of working on this Mm -hmm. because we were trying to like figure out how the fight between you and aaron would work Mm -hmm. and hey if we were great filmmakers we would have had like a choreographed battle with punches and kicks and reversals and some real i don't know for sure the raid redemption style violence but we're not skilled filmmakers no not at all we just like to have fun it was aaron you run up to dan punch him a bunch, throw him off the balcony. Um, Tony sped up the punching so it looked faster and more mm-hmm. violent. Those weren't my real balls either. Right. That was the dummy that's a my actual pillows from my bed shoved into the murder mm-hmm. Santa outfit. But we needed to have like the point of contact of Aaron con- actually confronting the devil. Right. And for that, I was like, we're going to cut before you actually hit Dan. Mm-hmm. But you need to be like running at him hard. Right. Believable. And you had you had your back to that balcony and I was using my like <laughs> high school football training of yes. coming in low and doing like one powerful step. I can feel your power, yeah. Yeah, and I I remember like doing that. I was like showing her over and over like 
you're going to come in and like lift him up and come in and lift him up. And I remember like seeing in your face, like me when I was coming at you so fast and like, I knew I was going to stop, but you didn't know. No. Right. Yeah. And you did a great job showing Aaron how to do it. I hope that it transversed (laughs) to her. I, 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 in rewatching it, I think it's done as good as we could have done it. And I, I think the amateurness of it too also gives it a nice, like, I don't know. It's on public TV. Like it's it's. It, I like the comedy of the amateur filmmaking, personally. Yeah, I. But yes, I do remember that. It did put a little bit like for a split second. I don't know. Like if when you're about to fall asleep in bed and you feel like you're falling from a high building and you get that jolt. Yeah. For a split second, yeah, I was like, oh geez. But uh, you did a great job. That's you did a great job showing how to do it. You'd be a good director. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I mentioned like the discomfort there. We also filmed that in June because this yeah. came out in July. Yeah. It was so hot. I run hot. I am a big boy. Um, and I am, I, I, I run hot. And then also I have this thing where I start to sweat. And then if I don't want to sweat, I'll focus on my sweating, which seems to make me sweat more. So I was like, Dan, we're filming something. You got to just relax, stay calm. Um, stop focusing on not sweating because you know what? It's making you sweat more. And uh, I remember I have a, a, a brief story of I was in the Dominican Republic with some friends once on a little mission trip back in the day. And we were sleeping on the floor of this old uh, schoolhouse. And it's like, even in the nighttime, it was like 90 degrees, humid, it was hot. And like, I'm having a hard time falling asleep because it's so hot. And I look over and my friend is wrapped up in a blanket. And I look over there and I'm just like, Matt, hey, how are you sleeping with wrapped up in a blanket? And he just looks at me and he's like, you just got to think you're an ice cream cone, man. You just got to think <laughs> you're an ice cream cone. Man. So like when we're not shooting in that and I have, you know, Santa Claus's full garb on and we all know he comes from the, the nor- North Pole. So he has garbs as such should be worn in cold climates. I remember just just standing completely still and just trying to remain in this mantra of I'm an ice cream cone. I'm an ice cream cone. And it worked <laughs> for the most part. But uh, I remember demolishing that mask with sweat and just being like, I'm so sorry, whoever has to take these clothes back home, I'd wash them or whatever. But yeah, it was a, it was a hot one out there. Yeah, I we we talked about how this segment plays out on film, which is Joanna and Aaron talking, Aaron running, then you and Aaron fighting. Mm-hmm. We filmed it all pretty much the reverse of that. Yeah. Um we filmed the stuff with you first that day. Right. And I was very happy we did that because I'm like you, I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. I run hot and I took it on myself that day that like you and Aaron were doing the majority of the work on the film. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll walk up and down these stairs all day. <laughs> and I was so hot. And yeah. and I was like very happy that by the time we were done shooting with you, I didn't really have to be on camera. I mean, how many anymore. stairs do you think it is to get up there? It's three three pretty steep stories. Like I I still to this day don't understand how people move into condos that are up that high. Um, bless their souls, Because, uh, yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and talking about moving those clothes around, we once we got done shooting that stuff there, I just took that dummy and threw it in the bed of my truck and then was just driving around town with like a dead body for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, I that's kind of it. Do you have any? Well, um, I, I really wanted uh, this when I was first walking up the stairs, we talked about a little bit of like, how are we going to introduce uh, this character or whatever? And uh, I thought, you know, we should probably go slow 
I wanted to try to be theatrical. Uh, and I thought a slow walk instead of a fast walk would be better because uh, to show that I'm determined, I have no worry, like he is dying no matter what. I don't need to be fast. I don't need to, you know, rush this thing. And also to give that sense of suspense or whatever. I had the vision of, you know, like a camera close up on my dusty boot with every step dust shoots out underneath. Now, I mean, the camera, you know, doesn't get that, but that's what's going through my mind during that. I want to try to, with every movement, you know, instill... <laughs> I think it's funny. I'm I'm talking like I'm like, you know, coming from Juilliard or whatever. That's part <laughs> of the comedy. I hope everybody knows. I'm not like full in myself, like trying to because I'm not I've learned that I'm not the best. Like it's hard acting and everything. But uh, I just think it's funny to try to elaborate on things, even if it didn't come across in this uh, the screen that way. But, yeah, I was picturing all of this in my mind, trying to uh, develop uh, the the scene as much as I can. So I'm walking up the stairs slowly um, and I get to the top or whatever. And then, yeah, I show myself and then get beat up and thrown off. Dan, that's, I really like hearing you talking about all of the thought you put into it and mm -hmm. the way it's playing out in your mind, For sure. because that's kind of a thing I've said about these Christmas specials over the, the last decade now is like all of these people work so hard on this thing that mm -hmm. kind of ultimately ends up being pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. But it's it's the community of it. Um, and again, it's just, it's a creative outlet, even if it does, you know, suck or whatever. It's just <laughs> the way, you. it's it's just a... <laughs> It's just a, it's a, it's a creative outlet and you're doing something, you know, with friends that's not going out to a bar drinking or whatever. You're like getting together to make something. And, uh, ultimately I really feel like it pays off the experiences you have, uh, it really pays off. Also having anxiety and stuff, you know, it's scary sometimes, you know, having, you know, you get asked to do these things and it brings up anxiety. That's like the first thing. And then conquering it, saying, I'm going to put that behind me and I'm going to I don't want to lose out on this uh, experience. Um, so I know I need to do this and then doing it and conquering it uh, really helps, too, and makes you kind of proud of yourself as well. Because I know a lot of people out there battle with mental illness and stuff and anxiety, so. Yeah, and a lot of this, I mean, I a lot of the stuff we've done with you and your character has taken place during the COVID pandemic. Because mm -hmm. um, I think you appeared in the first time Tony's character was kind of realizing he was in heck. Yeah. And then I feel like you were gone up until he made the kind of documentary about his character going missing. And that's where you kind of came back. Mm -hmm. And that was like during COVID. Right. And then the stuff where we killed you off during COVID. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of anxiety during that time right. too. And I mean, I know that's not necessarily the type of anxiety you're talking mm -hmm. about. Um, but I, I know you and your right. wife, Sarah, we're yeah. all good friends. But like of the people that we know, I think the three of us have kind of like taken a back seat socially well, during these times for sure for sure that's something that uh is one of my i don't want to say downfalls but like it's an internal struggle because i so desperately want to be an extrovert and like get out there and socialize but just you know just right now it's it is kind of difficult for me but uh you know that's the thing about people like you or me is like we can get down like that or whatever but we always try to stay positive and uh we have a good head on our shoulders and we know like 
you know, as I was saying, like, I don't want to miss out on these life experiences. And I think making, you know, music, making film, making art, making anything, just doing something with uh, other people, especially awesome people like you and everyone I've gotten to work with. I mean, you can't pass that up, even if your brain is being mean to you and saying you're much more comfortable just staying at home. But yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a real thing. A lot of people are struggling with it, especially people that probably didn't know that they had it um, during COVID. And it's not just COVID. Like we also have to see like there is a lot, you know, like a lot of things that are just it seems like the world is kind of burning with politics and not just the U.S. politics, but world politics. It just seems like everything is like kind of happening at one time. And um it's it can be very stressful and anxiety inducing and you can feel very powerless like you have no power to change anything and that can also be kind of bad but um that's the positive of getting together and doing these things and like it's just fun you forget about all that and just have a good time yeah like talking about you and i kind of our mindset is i'm gonna stay home Mm -hmm. um and talking about all of the terrible situations that are going on in the world right Mm -hmm. now staying home you kind of like spiral deeper deeper into that stuff you're reading the news sites you read you're following the social media you read and it kind of becomes an echo chamber of doom and gloom yep and i think about how uh going over to tony's apartment and filming the stuff where i was your footstool that was like the first time you and I got to hang out in for like sure. over two years and it was just so and nice it was the to first be there time, with you. Yeah, with Tony as well. Uh, I really, really appreciate Tony and his art of things. I, I think he's a brilliant mind and uh, the way that he can edit. Like there's been so many times where I'll like go to a shoot and I'll leave that shoot being like, you nowhere did near where you should have. Like, you did not do a good job at all. And that's part of my brain, too. I don't know. is where it just is always getting down on me or whatever. Um, but then, like, Tony's sending me the finished product. And I just get this huge smile. Because somehow Tony just, he has that gift for editing. And he turns me into, like, especially, like, when I was uh, the scene where uh, I'm outdoors and... uh I'm eating the beef and cheddars and that's where I'm being doing the sports activities or whatever. I left that feeling like, oh, there was so much that I wanted to do that I just forgot doing. There's so much like that I left on the table. I didn't do my good performance that I wanted to perform. But then seeing the uh, what he made afterwards, I was like, oh, my, he, he made that look really great. Um, so shout out to Tony. Uh, he puts a lot of work into these. And yeah, I was over at his apartment last night working on something he's yeah. already going yeah yeah he's a he's a great guy uh and i really enjoyed we were playing some uh, we played uh sea of thieves for a while and all that we were trying to get through all the halos too that was a fun memory that i have as well <laughs> he's he's doing vampire survivors right now i'm playing that as well yeah. it's it's probably one of the best games for under five bucks you can get right now this goes back a little bit further into something you were talking about is like the serialization of things and how it dilutes itself and gets worse over time because people <laughs> yeah. want to make money. Yeah, like the Fast and Furious. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's not getting worse. I'm just kidding. In that last movie, there was a car swinging on a vine like Tarzan. Right. And I mean, I can't complain. I think the next one is happening in space, so I have to most likely watch that one. I think that there was a release that they're making a new one and it's going to take place in outer space. Well, did you see the most recent one? Number 9, Fast and to Furious. To be honest nine. with you, I have not. I don't I don't sh- share the same compassion well as you and others. Cuz uh 
Tyrese and Ludacris in that one, uh-huh. they do drive a car in outer space. Oh, they, so are, maybe the one that I'm talking about already came out. They had to drive a car into a satellite to destroy it. That's, that's great. Uh, anyway, we're not making money on the Christmas specials. We're drawing this out and diluting it for our own self-interest. Unless joy and happiness is your currency. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty cheesy, I, as you can tell from that. I, I can come up with some pretty... But it comes from the heart. It's real. It just can be overly cringy cheesy. You're a great. You're a great guest for the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Again, I mean, you know, I was a little. This is, to be honest, this was my uh, first uh, podcast moment, so I, I, I was up a little late last night with the uh, butterflies, but it's going. I think swimmingly. I, I'm having a great time. So let, let's continue. <laughs> so we will continue. I think we've pretty well wrapped up talking about this segment, and we'll just move on to the part of the podcast every month where okay. I ask the guests kind of the same series of questions. Mm-hmm. So. First up every month, I mention this is the 10th year of the Christmas specials. You've worked on a number of the segments going back, I think, to the fourth Christmas special that we made. Um, So over the years where you've been involved in either working on these or just watching them or hanging out, what's kind of your biggest memory of the Travis Wainhurt Christmas specials? Right, right. Um, When I first read that question uh, that you sent in the pod... uh, like the email just Hold to prep on. me. You mean we do preparation for this? It's not just all off the I cuff. I need it. I need it. I don't know if you do it for others, but I'm. I didn't know if you knew that. Like I kind of struggle with anxiety, so you're like, oh, the better prepared he is, the better. Dan, large portions of that email were directly copied and pasted awesome. to you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I when I first read that that question, uh, the first thing that popped into my head was a viewing party, actually. Um, it was a viewing party that took place in Thomas and Andrea's apartment on University. Um, and I just remember just like just the joy of just everybody coming together. And we used to view them for the first time at Secret Satan parties. I yeah, think. Well, we talked about it Secret was a pre it was a previewing um, show. And I just remember like everyone getting together and like just like watching it and like just like, appreciating it for what it is and just looking around and just seeing everyone smile and just the the community that we have and I feel like every year new people get introduced into the group and everyone's just so accepting and so loving and like I think that was the first memory that popped in was that viewing party other than that yeah it's just being able to be a part of something that's giving you uh, memory for later down in life uh, is really important. I love making memories. You know, this life is supposed to be a fun ride. Um, at the end of life, you know, you can't take anything with you, but you do have your memories. It's like all you have, really. So it's important to me when an opportunity arises that I feel is a really good time to uh, make really good memories. I'm all about it. And so that was basically it is just coming together. And again, like I've always wanted to work in film. So just being a part of like the behind the scenes and everything, um, all of those moments really stick out to me and I'll remember. But as for one specific uh, instance, I don't really have one. It's just really probably the community and everything. And then the first viewing party that I went to. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier, like the transitive nature of this town people moving in Mm -hmm. and out and you might be alienated from your actual family Mm -hmm. during the holidays too travels hard 
But I, a thing I've kind of realized now through doing this podcast and talking to the people every month is that we've now been doing this for 10 years yeah. and it just kind of lines up that that's what I did in my 30s. Yeah. And with the weird nature of this town and our group of friends and different family issues, like these Christmas specials have kind of become like my family home videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. it's definitely... This is an interesting way to build and maintain your memories. Yeah, and they'll be they're they're going to be there forever. They're it's going to be really fun to watch them when we're if we hopefully make it to when we're seventy or eighty. I think it'd be great. Urbana Public Television's YouTube channel. Yeah, the cloud. Hopefully, um, that will never blow away. Next up, we'll move on to the next question. Mm-hmm. You've worked on a number of these specials. Mm-hmm. You've talked about how you wanted to be a big time movie maker. oh yeah this is my favorite question so without any concern for the budget it would take or the talent of the people involved what would you like to make for one of these christmas specials okay well i actually have three ideas two of them are That's very super short hearing them all yes okay i'm gonna try to and i'm gonna make them as short and sweet as i can um a lot of time at work i'm doing some mindful tasks like cutting a bunch of onions or whatever and it just gives my brain time to uh, wander out into fantasy land. And uh, when I was working once uh, in the Urbana Black Dog, I have to cross a street to empty the trash. And every time that I'm crossing the street to empty the trash, I always get this weird like vision of the DeLorean just popping out of nowhere and running me over. <laughs> Uh, so I had this idea of like and to make it kind of correspond to a Christmas special, it would be me taking out like a Christmas tree or something. And I wanted to do it in like the aspect of like a robot chicken claymation type thing. Uh, I've also kind of wanted to work with stop motion claymation stuff. So I thought just like it'd be a good segment in between two longer is to have like a, a 30 second, 15 second short. So that was the first one that I, I came up with a while back while I was working, where I'm just taking a Christmas tree across the street to the dumpster and a DeLorean pops up and just runs me over and my body uh, just obliterates into a million pieces. Can I tell you the thing I like about that a lot? Yeah. Is like the you're like the NPC in the story, you know, like. <laughs> You watch these movies or play these games, and mm-hmm. you have your protagonist going yeah. along, and there's tons of collateral damage that's <laughs> never acknowledged. We were talking about Fast and Furious briefly earlier, like I do all the time, mm-hmm. and in Fast and Furious 5, they just like, they kill, they have to kill like 4,000 civilians, and it's just <laughs> not acknowledged. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's good. We need even more death in yes. these Christmas specials. Um, okay, and then so for a second one that's also a short, um, again, I was at work, um, and I I enjoy Christmas music a lot. I know that there's, you know, two sides of that. Uh, some people actually, like, just hate it with all their guts. Well, I, I actually enjoy it. And so we're listening. I'm making everyone listen to Christmas music, and I'm sorry for that. But uh, there's the song, The 12 Days of Christmas, that comes on. And I'm like working and I'm I was thinking how weird it is for someone to gift a partridge in a pear tree. And so I, I was like, that's so weird. So all of a sudden my brain just starts thinking of like, OK, so what happens if there's like two roommates and how would it go down when someone gifts someone a partridge in a pear tree? So the scene basically is two roommates waking up um, in their apartment on Christmas Day and one of them has like a thing of hot chocolate with a bunch of whipped cream, sipping it, watching his roommate get into his next gift. So and uh, 
and his his roommate is just like uh, a tree and he's like not just a tree and he reaches in and he, there's like a pear and he's like oh a pear tree and they're like no not just a pear tree and then like the camera like zooms in onto a partridge that just winks at the camera <laughs> and it's just like a partridge in a pear tree um and then that's the short it's just like the absurdity of someone gifting someone a partridge in a pear tree this is great <laughs> so these are the two that are shorts, shorts. Um, the, the, where i think we could legitimately probably make those uh maybe not the stop motion clay thing i've heard. that's up in the air that can take a lot of time i don't really know um but for the third and this was the main question you had uh with no budget and uh this goes into I am I, I love uh, thinking about like space and the multiverse or if there's other dimensions and all of this wonder of like we know so much, but we know so little, especially when it comes to space and like uh, the study of things that are really small and everything. Uh, what's that? What's that called? Uh it doesn't matter. But anyways, so the uh, idea basically is so Satan dies at the end. Um, his soul leaves his body and enters his other body that's in another universe or another dimension. And he starts uh, trying to seek his revenge or whatever. And so the people, Aaron and you, maybe Aaron gets a group of people together and they're like, okay, we have to go find the soul has left this earthly plane and we're finding like things where he he's somewhere else. And we think that he is in another universe. So they have they're like, well, we got to get into we got to get into this other universe. So basically they go and they either kidnap Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos because they both have rockets. So they would uh, kidnap them and then hijack one of the rockets and take it up into space and find a worm, not a wormhole, but a black hole. Because <laughs> I've been watching these YouTube videos where there's a theory where black holes actually create universes. So once they have sucked all this matter in to like just tons of planets, everything, it'll explode. And that's actually kind of the big bang is the explosion of all that matter that's like in a very, very small, tiny spot just explodes into like this other realm and a new universe is made and that happens over and over and over and so we find a uh we find a black hole and we travel through it and then we find the universe and in this universe there's other like planets that we visit and some planets have different physics or whatever and when there's an infinite amount of universes everything goes so like i always thought it was funny to think that there might be a world out there where bad food is good food and good food is bad foods because i love eating pizza donuts like bunch of bad food so i thought it'd be funny if the world that the satan landed on was a world where uh, broccoli was a junk food that everyone really enjoyed and like pizza and donuts were good food and so i turned into like a really healthy person <laughs> but uh there's a lot of things to work out and all that but that was the main thing is I, I i think trying to get us into space and then traveling through a black hole and everything i feel like with the effects that we could do um it would be very monumental and uh it would uh, be epic. It'd be fun. 
So but, like <laughs> multiverse, multiverse stuff. thing. As Satan is now into another, either another plane of existence or another universe or whatever, and we're traveling in space to find and kill that soul. I'm uh, at least in these Christmas specials, famously bad at acting. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, would would I have to play two Travis Wayne Hurts, or is there just someone? Yeah, there's a lot we have to work out, you know. <laughs> um. But that idea, actually, I never had that. Although the two shorts, I've been like, those are ones that I've had for years thinking about or whatever. But that one that I just came up with, what actually came up when I read the question, it just like pops up. And that's what happens to like, just my brain spits out these ideas. You know, it's one of those things where it's like 150 of them suck, but maybe there's one that sticks. So that was just one that popped into my head. Um Aaron could punch a billionaire in the balls a lot like she does you. Yeah, I thought it would be funny being able to mimic uh, a billionaire. I'm not the biggest fan of billionaires. None of them. Any of them. Great ideas. Thank you. I think they're all doable. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll come up with 50 billion more. Hey, just But make- that's that's part of the, the process, part of the fun. Yeah. Start making them. I know, right? Next up, we'll move on. Every month in this podcast... I don't want all of the questions and chat to come from me. I already talk too much on here. So every month I have the previous month's guest ask this month's guest a question. Last month was Anastasia Pennington Flax, and they had this question for you. Hi, Dan. Um, So in your role as the actual devil from Hack, um... What steps do you take to get into character as the actual devil? Now, this can be actual steps you take, or this can be an idealized fictional version of the steps you take to get into character as the actual devil. So what I usually do um, before a shoot is I will go to Arby's and I will get a couple. (laughs) Like I I make sure I see how many people are going to be on set for that day. And then I go and uh, I order the beef and cheddars and so uh that starts the the process right there is uh going looking at myself there's a lot of eye contact i make in mirrors quiet eye contact um just trying to look into the (laughs) eyes look into the soul um and so i'll get the beef and cheddars and it was uh for the first couple times it wasn't that hard on the pocketbook because it was two for seven but they changed it so you have to pay uh, the regular price which kind of sucks because the compensation to make these aren't the best <laughs> but um so hey so beef and cheddars i get to this i get to the place um i usually have one beef and cheddar as we're all talking and everyone else usually just says they'll either save their beef and cheddar or i can have it um i don't know if people share their love for beef and cheddars as much as i do so that doesn't really hurt my feelings, whatever. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm eating the beef and cheddar and then I try to do my little meditation time where so there's the thing I have in my brain that always is like we'll say like if I'm at a show like a rock concert or something, a show, it's just like don't dance. You'll look like a fool. Don't dance or things like don't wear those knee high socks with hot dogs on them with that fancy shirt like it's not going to work everyone's going to laugh at you or don't do this so I, I i focus on that little part of my brain that's like trying to regulate me from being awesome and uh i switch it off 
That's a, that's a big thing. You switch it off. You kind of just relinquish yourself to the universe, the cosmos, and you say, everything is gone. Judgment is gone. Enter the character. And so that's how I first start trying to get into the character. And then for the, the, the character, the actual, like, the catch line or whatever, there's many, there's been many different uh, depictions of Satan. One of my favorite ones, but which I didn't get much um, from, was uh, Legend with Tom Cruise and Curry. Yeah, Tim uh, Curry. Tim Curry plays Satan. I think, in my opinion, that is one of the best depictions of Satan in cinema. Um, but unfortunately I am no Tim Curry and, uh, I knew that the makeup department couldn't get to where we needed to be <laughs> for me to be able to go into that character. Uh huh. So I was thinking that I, I kind of thought that, okay, so what else could I do? And I remember the, uh, the Batman animated series and Mark Hamill's Joker. And so I was thinking about that, and uh, he had a very kind of crazy, high pitch, like, I don't give a fuck voice or whatever. Like, I'm crazy. And I was like, you know what? I think that would be an all right voice to use for this character where he'll be so human-like and talk in a normal, non-accented voice or whatever accent I have. But then when he gets into, like, actually the evil part of him or whatever, that voice comes out. So I tried to mimic the Joker, Mark Hamill's Joker, with that high-pitched, kind of just, like, crazy, diabolical laugh that the Joker had in the animated series. Um, which I guess I just heard that the Batman voice for that uh, passed away. Yeah, Kevin Conroy, was, I was think, that his yeah. name? It's very sad. He did a really good job. Um, so uh, rest in peace, him. Um, so... I focus on that and whatever. Um, other than that, so I'm, I'm in character now. I, I kind of got the voice. And then I just really try to focus. I'm really big on uh, just the eyes and the facial expressions. I think one interesting thing that uh, I have seen because of COVID and, and we're all wearing masks is uh, we can still tell how people are feeling even though half of their face is covered through their eyes. You can tell when someone is smiling or when someone's frowning for the most part or angry. You can tell a bunch of different emotions, even when a person's face is covered, just by if you can are close enough to see their eyes and their brow and all that's around that. So, um, so that was really important to me is trying to get that whole facial and eyebrow and eye thing down. Um, I don't know if I pro I didn't do it that great of a job, but that was what I was going for. And it's okay that I didn't do like I'm no, you know, Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt. That's fine. It's just it's just being able to do it and it's fun. Um and it's also fun being able to elaborate like this, like I'm some actor from Juilliard. <laughs> and in reality, when you watch you're like, you'll hear the if you haven't seen it, you hear this, you're like, oh, I really gotta watch this Dan Dutcher acting as as uh, the actual devil, like he he knows what he's talking about, um, but I I I have the gift of bullshitting, um, so it's fun for me to come up with all of that. That question I really appreciated because it really let me delve into that part where I can just kind of be silly. Um, but those are all actual things that went through my head. I mean, I'm not lying. That's I was thinking. <laughs> I'm that's my thought process for it. Hey, um, I, I can confirm the beef and cheddar thing is real because mm -hmm. when we filmed the scene where the actual devil was using me as a footrest, 
yeah the script for it was that the devil was drinking like a goblet of wine mm-hmm. but dan showed up with a bag of beef and cheddar gotta do that and we were like oh yeah let's just use those yeah so yeah for sure dan's not making it up i'm not i'm not making it up at all so beef and cheddars eye contact with yourself in mirrors you got to look into your soul get into your brain leaving your own brain behind yeah yeah, switching off that voice that tells you you maybe shouldn't do something because you'll look ridiculous and then wiggling them eyebrows around wiggling them eyebrows around that's right well thanks anastasia yeah also each month i have the guest ask me a question so dan what's something you'd like to know preferably christmas special related okay this was also this was also a good question. I came up with a lot of different things, but I, I thought the best one that I came up with or whatever, I know that you are a fan of uh, professional wrestling. Uh-huh. And uh, so I wanted to know, uh, casting-wise, if you could cast one professional wrestler, dead or alive, um, to play you in the next special, which one would you choose and why? Okay. I thought about this this morning. You kind of like, because I did send out the pod prep email that we covered here the famous organization skills that i have um it's gonna be a wrestler you don't know so i'm sorry if that's disappointing it's a modern guy okay one of my favorites i kind of flocked to him Mm -hmm. uh this wrestler kevin owens okay he's a canadian guy doesn't have the typical wrestling build he's more of a heavy set guy Mm -hmm. wrestles in basketball shorts and a cutoff t-shirt okay has a big beard (laughs) but here's the thing He's like a jack of all trades in wrestling. Okay. He's very good at wrestling. If they need him to put on a five-star match, which mm-hmm. is the best match you can have, mm-hmm. he can do it. If they need him to do something stupid or funny, he can do it. Mm-hmm. He's really good at making the crowd hate him, which I can do in my wrestling persona, which has appeared in these Christmas specials. So does he play? What is what is that term for someone who wants the crowd to hate them? A it's heel. A heel. But right now, he's a face. He's a baby face right oh, now. Oh, he's a jack of all trades, like you said. He, so he, can, can, he can do it all. And the crowd will eat it up. The crowd can also go yeah, one back of, and forth. I mean, I, I'll probably cut all of this part out, but like one of his like most famous promos is him talking to the crowd about how easy it is to manipulate them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I could say this, and you'd love me. And he's like, I could say this, and they would start cheering. He's like, and you will cheer for it. Right. And he's like, or I can say and this. He's mastered that art. Yeah. So they're playing me in a Christmas special. I'm not exactly sure what that would be, but I think that like of all the wrestlers, and especially wrestlers I like, because mm-hmm. I don't want to highlight one I don't right. like. Yeah. He is a jack of all trades, and mm-hmm. he's also like at the top of his game and everything. So he'd be really easy to work with and very easy to direct, probably. And he has a lot of attributes that you think is in your character. In my character, and also like more or less like my behind the scene jobs yeah. in these podcasts, gotcha. which is my not in these podcasts and these specials which has more and more become my job in working on the christmas specials is helping facilitate other people do their things Mm -hmm. yep and trying to do my best at that so kevin owens kevin owens i'll look him up famous to me french canadian legend did did, uh canadians have they have a lot of wrestlers or i know that chris benoit was one <laughs> I'm not, that was back in the day yeah yeah uh there's still like the big tradition of yeah. canadian wrestlers this all kind of comes out of like the heart family okay gotcha look at i don't think i have i have a few wrestling things in the room we're in but no. does he have a special move that you does he have a special move well his finishing move right now finishing move 
his finisher is the Stone Cold Stunner. He inherited oh. it from Steve Austin. Steve Austin came back at this past WrestleMania and had a match How for the first time in years and years, and it was against Kevin Owens. He didn't do so well in film. He tried to get out there and yeah, he... do some things. Yeah, Steve Austin has showed up in movies. I think, like, direct-to-video sequels to actual yeah. movies is his bread and butter. But yeah, Kevin Owens. That's who would play Travis Wayne Hurt in the iteration of the Travis Wayne Hurt Christmas special where wrestlers are playing all of us well dan i think that's gonna wrap up our conversation for today oh it was a pleasure i really enjoyed myself yeah thank you for helping with the christmas specials through the years and helping with the podcast today and being a very nice man oh thanks you i'm gonna try to continually be as good as i can be but all right we'll see that's all i got merry christmas thanks for having me it was my pleasure and that does it for the travis wayne hurt christmas in july special danville drift thanks to my co-host aaron gillis and thanks to our guest dan dutcher during dan's interview i kind of had a breakdown crying while trying to read him the letter that he wrote me and you know what i'm gonna read the whole letter to you right now because it's my podcast and i can do whatever i want some things to keep in mind Dan was giving this to me in a room full of people who were giving mystery gifts to each other, a secret Satan gift exchange. There's also some directions he wrote in for me to read it to avoid spoiling the identity of my secret Satan. So here we go. Starting with stage directions. You might want to make your guess now before you read this. Good luck. Hey, Travis. So I had some awesome ideas on what to get you, but hey, they fell through or I dropped the ball. Sorry. But hey, movie tickets, Mad Dog 2020, and Mountain Dew ain't bad. So I know you like comics, I just don't know which ones. I know you like Pokemon, but I can't recall your favorites. I know you are interested in cool cozies for your Mountain Dew, and I wanted to get you a taxidermied squirrel cozy, but you wouldn't believe how hard it is to find good taxidermists in this town. And once you do find one, they want to charge 200 bucks for it. I also know you like wrestling. You disagreed with Eric Bischoff's view that no one wants to see a woman in a Hell in a Cell match. On the flip side, you very much agree with Bobby Roode's official theme, Glorious Domination. Glorious! No, I won't give in! I won't give in till I'm victorious! Alas, I could not think of a good wrestling gift for you. I guess some could say I don't know that much about you. This is what I do know about you, Travis. You are loved by many, many people. You, simply put, are one rad dude. You let people swim in your family's pool. You are a great movie theater buddy. And amongst many other things, you will travel in rain and snow to go to a friend's party. You also every year make a TV Christmas special that makes people laugh and many others question your sanity. You and people like you are so important to have in this world. Over the summer, you had to move out of your apartment due to a fire. Many people would have posted a sad face selfie or a status update of sorrow and despair, but not you. No, on August 29th, 2016, you posted, and I quote, Now I live in a sitcom about me, Pie Storm, and Todd the Cat trying to share a twin bed. There was a nice picture attached as well where people couldn't quite pinpoint what sheets you were rocking. You see, it's easier to be positive and happy when good things are happening. It's easier to spread joy and happiness when good things are happening to you. It's a lot harder to, in the face of shittiness, put a smile on your face and the face of others. You do that. It is so important to have people like you in this world. Thank you. 
I am sure I can speak for everyone in this room. Thank you. More stage directions. Please say this next line out loud. Thanks. Smiley face emoji. Here's the line he wanted me to say out loud to the room of people. Now, if everyone could raise their drink, wait for them to raise their drink to happiness and friendship and me. Now that we're all one drink closer to drunk, I want to end with sharing a poem I found on the internet about your favorite movies. And then here's the poem. There once was a strong man. He's as scary as fireworks blowing up. He's very courageous as he jumps over buildings. His name is Vin Diesel. He enjoys driving fast cars for a living. He has no fear of driving fast. This man has guts as he adds boost to his car. Sadness emotions from his face as he thinks about Paul Walker. Vin smashes through windows like Superman. He's the hero trying to fix every mistake. He's the only person who will drive off a bridge to avoid getting hit by missiles, dancing over grenades to avoid any contact. He's vicious and a tough guy, and there's always someone trying to stop him. He drives a Mustang like a piece of art, winning races for extra cash. Fire comes shooting out of his exhaust as he puts the pedal to the metal. He drives around mountain cliff roads with Japanese king drifters. Raindrops falling onto windscreens as there is tricky conditions. It raises the heart rates of the drivers as there is a risk of death on these mountains. Vin drives with passion. Written by Mark Harper. Happy Secret Satan. Thanks, Dan. Next month on the podcast is the final episode of the Travis Wainhurst Christmas special. The podcast will be talking about the 10th Christmas special, which we are currently making. Yeah, it's wild. The guest next month is also great because it's the only person the entire year who contacted me and said, hey, can I please be a guest on your podcast? That's how you get in, baby. Our theme music is by Bookmobile, who can be found at badboysofbookmobile.bandcamp.com. Our interstitial music is by Curb Service, who can be found at curbservicemusic.com. My name's Travis Wainhurt. If anyone out there would like to give me a ride home, I think that'd be real nice.